Bank Talk features thought leadership interviews with bank and credit union executives. If you are the CEO or would like to be an executive one day, this is the podcast for you. Learn something new in each episode to improve the performance at your financial institution. And now, here's our host, Charlie Kelly. Hi, this is Charlie Kelly, and welcome to Bank Talk. Today, we're talking about mobile usage with the team from Western States Bank. Prior to the pandemic, we used to often get questions from bankers about why they care whether their clientele is using their mobile tools. And I think throughout the pandemic, you know, that's all been brought to the forefront. But we've just got some interesting topics we're covering today related to some work that the Western States Bank team has done prior to the pandemic and just sort of how it's paid dividends. Thanks for joining us today and let's get to it. Welcome back. This is Charlie Kelly with Bank Talk. Today we have uh, Michael Gillen and uh, Tara Schwery from uh, Western States Bank. We'd like to invite you to our show. Michael, Tara, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the invite. Uh, so this is the first time we've attempted a uh, podcast with more than one guest, <laughs> working for more than probably one location. So hopefully we'll we'll get through that a little bit. But uh, Michael is the uh, Senior VP of Operations, and Tara is the e-banking officer at uh, Western uh, States Bank. And today, we're going to try to talk about driving mobile usage. Uh, the reason, when I, when I bumped into Michael a couple of weeks ago, we started a conversation related to just some some initiatives that are going on at Western States related to improving usage amongst their mobile and uh, e-commerce customers. I think before we get rolling with this thing too far, I want to kind of set up what I think of as an e-commerce user and a mobile user, and um, you know just kind of put that into a framework for for our listeners. So if you think about mobile usage, you know think about that as a you know at a minimum as the ability of your customers to use basic services. Now, whether that be on a phone app or whether that be on an application on your laptop, you're, you know, you might consider things like uh, checking your balances. They'll, you know, handle maybe mobile deposits. They can pay bills, but there's a breadth of services and every bank and credit union struggles from a budgetary perspective with just, you know, how many of those do they have? How do they get uh, customers to use them, those types of things. You know, why does a, why would an executive at a bank or credit union care, right? Why do they, why is this mobile usage concept and this, you know, digital usage, however you're using the term, you know, why is it important? And, you know, simply put, there's a monetary value associated with a customer that is, is loyal. And we'll spend a few minutes kind of talking about that, the dollar amount, but first, you know, onto our guests. Uh, Michael, can you tell us a little bit about Western States Banks? Well, I'm sorry, Western States Bank. Sorry about that. Um, how many branches? What communities do you serve? You know, anything you think our listeners would find important? Yeah, so Western States Bank um, actually was a combination between um, Wyoming State Bank and Valley Bank and Trust. We merged about four years ago. We had branches in Colorado and Nebraska. Uh, and when we merged with Wyoming State Bank, we were, uh, we expanded into the Wyoming market. And so now we cover uh, the panhandle of Nebraska, as well as parts of Wyoming and and, uh, northern Colorado. We currently have 10 branch locations in those communities. 
and some of those are in uh, college communities like uh, Laramie, uh, where the U University of Wyoming is, and then uh, down into the Fort Collins area uh, where we have Colorado State uh, University. Other branches are located in more of a rural area. Uh, those in, in the western Nebraska panhandle um, serve uh, primarily agricultural communities. So we have a diverse group of customers. Okay, great. Thanks. One of the things that appealed to me about having you on the podcast was just that that diversity of user, because in general, right, a lot of community banks will, they'll, they'll start in the ag community and they sort of stay in the ag community. They don't get the uh, ability to sort of overlap. And, you know, maybe some of that was created by your merger, but you've got potentially different types of customers when you think about the the tool usage, you know, e-commerce in particular, certainly, I know I've talked about this on my podcast before, but the kids, uh, you know, I've got kids of the, of, of, at a college age or, and just a little bit older than that. Generally, they have a, certainly a different way to look at it than somebody who, who, you know, is of my age or, or even, um, you know, somebody that comes potentially from a rural community. I, I at least I, I feel strongly about that. And I think, you know, some of the usage statistics out there probably uh, support that as well. I've been asking this question since we're sort of right in the middle of COVID. Uh, give me a quick COVID update, Michael. What? So we're uh, really fortunate uh, where we're located within uh, the U.S. Uh, we were not as hard hit as many other areas. We fortunately did not have to close any of our branch locations during COVID. Uh, we did uh, close our lobbies for uh, about a month, a little, maybe a little longer than a month, uh, where we were at, operating at drive-up only or by appointment. We're very fortunate that we didn't have to close any of our branch locations. We actually um, have reopened all of our lobbies and they've been open for some time. I think we switched over in June. Uh, so we're, we're ending about three months of uh, fairly normal operations, obviously being mindful of uh, public health recommendations for uh, meeting with customers and uh, wearing of masks and social distancing. And, and each state has kind of their own guidelines as well you know, adhering to all those state rules and policies uh, to protect our customers, you know, during this COVID uh, pandemic. You know, we have not been as hard hit as other areas of the country. Um, even the difference between Western Nebraska and Eastern Nebraska um, are almost night and day. Um, being in a more rural environment with some of those branch locations as compared to, you know, the, the cities uh, and the effects of COVID running through um, the various different communities. But uh, we, we have been very fortunate that the COVID numbers are staying pretty stable. Um, obviously, there's still cases um, detected every day, and, and we're working through that and, and uh, making sure that we're, we're taking the appropriate steps to be mindful of what the current environment is in, in the communities in which we serve. I want to use a couple of, of terms and see if we can kind of settle on them. Uh, Tara, I'll, I'll kind of point you to this a little bit, but we always used to think about a user that signs up for an online mobile app, you know, we used to call them an enrolled user. There's a difference, though, between a, a user that has enrolled for one of your programs and, and what I would call an active user. Well, an enrolled user could be somebody who signs up and then just never comes back on. And an active user might be somebody who signs up for, let's say, your mobile app or potentially even just your online app and then starts using things like, you know, the bill payment or they deposit checks or those types of things. Are, are you comfortable, Tara, with those terms? Are those okay terms for you to get the difference between the two? Yes. Okay. So I would argue that the 
uh, time that you've spent recently, and, and I want to specifically talk about a, a program that you guys ran recently pre-COVID, which it sounded like to me helped you an awful lot when COVID came around. Uh, but you came, uh, you were in the middle of, a, of a, a mobile capture initiative. Can you spend a couple minutes with us on this and just kind of explain what happened? And I, I think this is 2019 primarily, right? Correct. Yeah, it turned out to be great timing for us. Uh, but we had recently implemented some positive changes on our mobile deposit, uh, changes that had addressed some of the concerns customers had in the past, um, like our mobile deposit limits, the speed, and just the process of getting that right image of the check. So we wanted to highlight our updated mobile deposit product. And our campaign that we ran was a little different than those that we had in the past. We didn't send postcards out to customers or offer incentives for customers to try something new. Um, the customers that we were trying to reach were actually coming to us in the branches. Again, this is uh, pre-COVID. So we thought we would focus our efforts and incentives on those in-branch interactions with our employees. Uh, we made sure that employees were knowledgeable and comfortable with the mobile deposit process. And then they talked with the customers and walked them through that process using the customer's actual deposit. Um, incentives went to our employees uh, that worked with customers on that process. We found that those customers were more likely to ask questions and try something new if they had that trusted employee in front of them that was helping walk them through those steps. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Did, did you find that to be more useful to your students or your, uh, you know, your more rural users? And, and before you answer that, I'll I'm going to ask the second part of the question. I would think in the back of my head, without knowing your answer, I would think that the answer would be the more rural user doesn't want to come all the way in to the branch, right? Because they got a longer way to go. Right. I would agree. Um, you know, I think with our students in our two locations that have um, universities, a lot of those customers were already using these products and services. They were familiar with it. Whereas the more seasoned um, customers or the customers that are in a more rural area were more open to, you know, they had the normal procedure to come into the bank, but they were more open to um, the possibilities of trying something new. Yeah. And I would think that maybe, you know, again, like you said, sometimes, sometimes age, unfamiliarity with the apps, those types of things are going to draw. I know it drives it for me, right? If I'm not comfortable with it and it's not something that is, natural. There's so many technologies out there. And a lot of times I'm not the first one to jump in. I, I consider myself a laggard in the technology world. I'll wait and see if it works for somebody else first before I, before I get there. I was just going to say, and um, in campaigns that we had before where we sent information out to those same users, it's not the same effect as when you have somebody explaining those benefits. You can list them on a piece of paper, but if you're actually talking them through the benefits and applying it to those customers, uh, that you know their situation, then I think it makes it more of an impact. When you started this program, Tara, did did you have um, analytics or was there, was there anything, what did you want to accomplish in your mobile deposit world? And was it, I mean, was the program run across multiple branches, you know, and, and were your targets branch by branch? You know, can you give me a little feel for what you were trying to get to and are you all the way there? Or are you still working on it? We did know where we were sitting when we started the campaign, and that was lower than where we wanted to be. Uh, we set a pretty aggressive goal of increasing our mobile deposits by 50%. Um, our campaign ran for about three months, which was probably a little bit too long. However, we did end up exceeding that goal, and I really attribute that to the one-on-one -on -one conversations that our employees were having with the customers in the branch. 
Um, we did set individualized goals for each branch uh, based on the numbers and you know the initial goals that we set. Um, so each branch knew from the start what they had to do to accomplish, um, you know, to help us as a bank accomplish our goals. We'll be right back. You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And was your goal there to get them to, again, kind of going back to the active versus just an enrolled, was your goal to get them to enroll or to see X number of deposits done by those enrolled? We were looking at uh, deposits through mobile deposit. So obviously that's going to also increase some of our enrollment numbers. So we wanted to have customers have the app and actually use the app to do their mobile deposits. And while we were in there, it was a great opportunity to kind of cross sell those other features to see how beneficial the app as a whole was for them so that they would know that they could use that on a daily basis. Okay. So your lift was in deposits under within those apps. Okay. Which is a good, I mean, that's, you know, again, nothing gets you to becoming active more than, you know, the, uh, a true lift in, in the, the, you know, the, the overall numbers that are coming through. Well, and again, going back to the conversations and, you know, making sure the customers know the benefits that helps them not just be a, an enrolled user. It keeps them being an active user because they see the benefits and they continue to use the service. Why was a mobile capture user important to you versus say, you know, one that comes, you know, deposits at the ATM or at the branch? Mobile deposits and kind of e-banking products in general are obviously great ways for customers to manage their accounts and to be more efficient in their banking. Uh, But these e-banking users also help us as a bank to be more efficient. So a little bit of both. Um, When customers use mobile deposit and other e-banking products, it can potentially um, reduce rush hour times in the lobbies and then the drive-throughs, um, lower the chance of errors on transactions, and you know just in general frees up time for our employees to uh, better work on reviewing reports, helping with e-banking support, which is a channel that continues to grow, and you know just building relationships with existing and potential customers. Using e-banking products are also less likely to change those banking relationships and more likely to use other banking services. Uh, like loans or, you know, bringing their business accounts over. And then just another thing is uh, we were able to actually close our branches on Saturdays as a result of the shift we have seen in banking. So those e-banking customers are important in that way as well. Um, We had been monitoring weekend transactions and customer needs and felt it was the right direction for us. And with COVID restrictions and everything in place, we thought it was also the right time to make that change. Yeah, no, I think those are good perspectives. So yeah, at, at Remedy, we kind of, we consider ourselves fairly well-read in what's going on in the industry. And, uh, you know, we've seen quite a few things on, you know, what is the value of an e-commerce user? And, you know, some of this is for our listeners in general, 
but we've seen numbers that sort of stretch between seventy-five and two hundred dollars, and I believe that to be per active e-commerce user. So when you look at the value, I think Tara, you probably hit it on the head when you said, you know, there's a there's definitely a benefit to that the you know the stickiness of the customer. Uh, I, I would absolutely say that as we dug down into some of these studies that we've read. We've seen stickiness of customer being one of the items. As you as you talk about where the value of a user is, I think that it's a couple of things, right? It's probably they buy more. If they're going to use your products, that means they're not going to Chase or whoever's got, you know, a better tool than most community bankers do these days, right? So they they it keeps them from going to a a bank that potentially has a bit more money to spend on the tech side. It keeps them engaged. It keeps them buying your products. And if you're really trying to just put dollars to it, you know, I would imagine that any depository user, you know, what's a good depository user look like, right? What's a good deposit, active deposit customer look like? They probably have a direct deposit of their check into your account, likely use their debit card. They likely have transaction volume. And I think these days a natural progression is they're probably using your tools as well to do that, any of those items remotely. There are a couple of, of statistics out there on how each e-commerce product actually drives customer stickiness. You know, I, I think mobile deposit is amongst the highest of, of the ones that we've seen out there as far as when you get a mobile deposit user, that, that adds a stickiness layer to that customer, you know, kind of beyond what many of the other apps could be. But bill payment is up there as well. Uh, you know, and then just things like normal transfer activity. So those are really, you know, maybe the top five drivers of stickiness. And I think, you know, this this um, this this mobile capture campaign that you guys have run leads to one of the higher that leads to stickiness amongst, you know, uh, beyond other ones. Did you have did you have numbers in mind? I know you had a fifty percent number you dropped on us before, right? Um, was there was there a dollar amount associated with it? Like when you think of adding an active user, do you, are you guys tying into dollars or are you, are you just, you know, sort of using the stickiness concept to drive the fact that you do, you feel like you need more of these? Um, we are kind of going off of the stickiness. We want to, we invest heavily in our technology and banking technology. And um, in our areas, we do have a lot of the products that you mentioned, um, the PFMs, the um, bill payment, obviously, um, those kind of things. So, We've worked hard to offer those products to our customers so that they do want to stay with us and they don't um, need to go to Chase Bank or one of those other banks to get those services. So we do offer those as a sticky product and hoping that those customers will stay with us and grow their relationship with us. And Michael, if you haven't fallen asleep while we've been talking about this, um, one more question for you. You had mentioned that your college towns, you know, there have been places where your campaigns were, were more successful going into going into COVID, you know, how have these campaigns done by, you know, by the organization? Uh, because you did most of this last year going into COVID, I would expect that, that you probably are starting to see some pretty significant results even beyond what Tara mentioned with the Saturdays. Yeah. I, I think the big thing um, with the success of, of how we designed the campaign and, and Tara spoke to it briefly you know, we we focused more on um, the employee and and the employee engagement with the customers. You know, we had a lot of uh, buy-in from uh, those employees in our uh, more rural branch locations, and we, we saw some great successes in in those areas or, or growth in usage uh, in those areas. Uh, we, we found that customers 
Uh, we're willing to spend a little bit more time with our employees learning how to use those products and services and then engaging in those conversations. So we had a lot of great success in, in our more rural areas. You know, I always think of um, technology as something um, that young generations use to to bank and, and they do uh, use them, but the growth you're really seeing is more in those uh, individuals that you never would have thought that th- those people would be engaged in it. And it provided us an opportunity to give them a tool um, to manage their their finances uh, on the go. When you're always on the go, the ability to manage your finances from anywhere, anytime is really a benefit to our customer base. So uh, I, I was shocked to see the amount of growth that we had in, in our more rural uh, branch locations with our use, usage. Um, definitely pleasantly surprised. Yeah, see, and I would have thought a lot of our customers bump into connectivity issues out there. Well, for some time, I, I would argue that connectivity has been as much of a problem as anything. They don't, you know, not only is there a little bit of a fear of the tools as, you know, depending upon who the user is, but um, you also have this concept of, I, I just can't get online for my, you know, maybe in the mobile world, but, you know, so, some of these folks don't have Wi-Fi connectivity, et cetera. So I always thought that that has always held it up a little bit. I guess when you're talking about, banking in general, eventually you'll find a signal someplace, right? And and that's a lot more convenient than, probably still a lot more convenient than having to drive into the branch. Well, I think there's been also a big push, a lot of government initiatives to get uh, broadband to the rural areas of, of America. And so there's been a lot of investments, even since I've been in banking, on getting towers put up uh, within the region to allow users access and even with the, the COVID environment, um, there's been special monies that have been allocated to ensure that uh, those individuals, you know, that may be not easily accessed by broadband m- might have the opportunity to get that out to the, the even further out in, in the farmsteads uh, just because, you know, they need it for school. Uh, when we closed down or when, when the communities closed down the schools, uh, they were still accessing their, their coursework online. Um, it kind of highlighted uh, those individuals who didn't have access and, and definitely some efforts were put into getting those um, access uh, to the digital uh, environment. But I, I definitely think that we, we've been very fortunate, at least in our agricultural areas, that broadband has been 10 miles and then there's another community. Whereas, you know, in rural parts of Nebraska, you can drive for uh, on a highway for, you know, an hour and a half, two hours before you reach the next community. So Connectivity and cell phone um, access are, are definitely important when people are traveling those longer distances between communities. And, and so there's been a lot of effort, even prior to COVID, in ensuring that people had access uh, to those. So um, we're, we've been very fortunate that uh, we have a lot of access and, and uh, cell phone towers seems like every <laughs> everywhere uh, just to ensure that people have access to uh, get on the internet. And, and I never really thought as much about the COVID side, but I think that'll continue to drive it as well, right? I mean, to your point of, of you know, sometimes these things work together. You, you, I, I assume you have other initiatives on the plate and are you, you know, is your intent to kind of do the same, do it the same way, right? Is teach through your, teach through your teller operation or, you know, as you think about upcoming campaigns or anything else you're doing, you know, what, what's next on the plate? Um, we had some good success with our employees having those conversations. Um, so we are currently in kind of a rapid fire product campaign. 
So with all of the COVID unknowns, we wanted to make sure we were letting our customers know all the ways that they could bank without needing to actually come into the bank. Uh, we send out in-depth product training and resources for our employees. And then again, those employees talk with customers about a set featured product for a set time frame. Uh, so this keeps the information fresh for both customers and employees. It also serves as a great way to make sure that our employees have the training that they need and they know what products we offer so that they can talk to customers about it. Again, we're focusing on employee conversations with customers, and that can be either in the branch or over the phone. It doesn't have to only be in the branch. So far, we've been able to convert about 30% of the customers we talk to. And so we feel like we've had some good success there. And those products range from mobile wallet to account alerts, sell, that kind of thing. Um, another area is bill pay. You mentioned that as being a top sticky product, and that's something that um, we'll definitely be focusing on next. With the tools that you have currently, do you have statistics to know whether these things are being successful? In other words, I'm assuming you must have some analytics that you're looking for to kind of say, okay, this was a success or not as much a, a success as we wanted to. But are those, are those, is that information at your fingertips? When you say growth, you know, can you speak to your senior management team about what growth means or how you track it, those types of things? Or are those tools that you really have to dig to get some of those answers for? Data is so important and we continue to try to find new ways to pull and use data to reach the right customers. We're continuing to find new ways and um, I think that's always going to be a work in progress. Uh, mobile deposit, since we went through that campaign specific for mobile deposit, we're pretty good on being able to pull the right information, but um, we're still growing in where we can find that information on other products and being able to track that accurately. All right. Well, thank you very much to both of you. Um, any further advice? Uh, you know, now that you've got a couple of uh, notches in your belt, right, related to running one of these campaigns, I mean, I think what I heard was that concept of using your tellers to be able to help populate the technology, you know, help populate the technology or, or, you know, train the trainer, uh, for lack of a better term, seemed like a good idea. Anything else you can think of that, you know, you'd say as far as, you know, is it know your stats? Is it, I mean, what types of things did you learn over the last couple of months? Yeah, it's definitely important to know where your starting point is. Um, setting goals is obviously important, but I think something that we had overlooked in the past is how impactful it can be to have everyone on board for those goals. Uh, we made it known to all employees what our goal was, but we also broke it down into exactly what each branch had to do for us to meet that goal as a bank. We had great participation and creativity from our branches, and um, it's a great reminder that we succeed as a team. And I think that our employees are seeing that more now. And as a result, we've had several great leaders step up from each of the branches to become a big part of that success in promoting our e-banking channels. Great. I think on on my side, I think it's important to not discount groups of individuals that you thought, you know, they these people would not be interested. Uh, some of the best conversations we've had and, and some the most uh, excited that our employees get when talking about the success of a campaign is is reaching that individual who historically would be perceived as somebody who wouldn't use technology. They're now utilizing it on a regular basis. I, I had one employee point out, there's a customer that used to come in every single week with their check that they received and, and um, would 
go to the teleline and, and deposit that check and they got them to utilize mobile capture and and now they're utilizing that on a regular basis and now they still stop in but they stop in just to say hi uh, they they still continue to do their capture uh, when they receive their check at home it allows that employee to have opportunities to have other discussions with that customer about the things that we offer as a financial institution we want to make sure that we continue to engage in those conversations uh, with our staff and and also our customers on all of the the cool items that are available out there in the the finance industry and and what we as a uh, financial institution have to offer uh, our customers, um, both in our, in our collegiate towns and, and also in uh, rural America. And, and, and it got the other groups excited, you know, people that they may not have approached about a product or service, uh, especially when we have looked at doing future rollouts of, of information to customers. You know, it kind of gave our employees the the mindset that every customer out there can benefit from those um digital channels that we offer and, and that are available to our customers and really uh, giving those customers the opportunity to to utilize that and, and um, also have that conversation that they're still always welcome to come see us. We, we love our customers and, and we want them to come visit us, uh, but we wanna make sure that banking is convenient for them and they can do it on, on their schedule. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and like I said, yeah, I mean, tell the story because it's a good one. You know, I think it makes the most impact when when it's a, Kind of a, it goes in story form and that type of thing as well. So that's that's great news. Well, okay. Well, thank you very much. Again, we have Michael Gillen yeah. and Tara Swery <laughs> from uh, Western States Bank. I appreciate you guys joining us on uh, Bank Talk today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks, Mike and Tara, for joining us. I think what I take away from a, a podcast like this is. Every bank or credit union should have some understanding of what a mobile user is worth to them. And then based on that, um, they can run calculations to try to determine whether or not they should be trying to take users that maybe are inactive today and make them more active users, get them more engaged in the tools. Now, the, the pandemic clearly has forced some of this upon the customers anyhow, but you know, the concept of, of trying to drive more usage, I don't think is going to get lost in, in you know, the discussions over the next six, nine, 12 months. Some people will be forced into them, but you will definitely have a portion of your population that is only going to use them if you learn how to train them. Once again, this is Charlie Kelly from Bank Talk. Have a great day and keep on learning. Thank you for listening to banktalkpodcast.com. We understand there are many podcasts out there and that you've selected ours. So thank you. Go to banktalkpodcast.com for more information. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. Once again, banktalkpodcast.com.